Hello, Hot Vibes. And welcome back to Sense8. We're on episode four. What's going on? Yeah, that was a very smooth transition we just did. I like it. I know. We're getting used to this. <laughs> yeah, we're getting used to it now. Where I don't even say that, so I kind of just like pass off to you. I know. I completely like. I forgot for a second, but I remembered it like right when we started talking. And I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm going in." Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Uh, so, so, what did you think? Like, beginning thoughts of just like vague ones about my favorite scene of almost. I like that I knew the song. Yeah, you knew the song. Because otherwise, <laughs> I only would be as like impactful or whatever as it was if I didn't know the song. But I did know the song, mm. so. That was cool, because I was like, I was like, is that the song, like, the song I think of? And then, like, eventually when we got to it, I was like, ah, oh, yeah, it is, that's nice. I know the song! <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty, like, I knew that song, too, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, I know this one, so, yeah. like, I think it was a good song choice, because it's a pretty well-known one, but I, just, everyone singing together is my favorite thing in the world, I love it. Um, but we'll get more onto that once we go a bit further yeah. in. Um, How was your week this week? Fun? How was my week? Goodness, yeah. Okay, I... What did I do this week? <laughs> we started emailing the person about Korea. That's the thing that happened this week. Yes, I did. Lots of things was happening. Um, and I have a binder now. It's over there. Maybe. Where'd it go? <laughs> it was over there. I don't know where it went. <laughs> hey, where'd it go? <laughs> I put it over there. Okay, well, I've already lost my Korea folder. Um <laughs> So that's wonderful. Oh no, there it oh. is. My cousin put it under my desk. Wonderful. I'm gonna take that out. Um, so I already have that. Um, let's see what else is going on. Da, 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 da. Ah, your present is ready. I just have to wrap it. Funny you mentioned that. Your present is also ready and wrapped. I just need to ship it or send it to the post office. But I was gonna do it tomorrow, but they might be closed tomorrow because it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Oh shit! <laughs> You're right. This is so I might have to wrap, wait for Tuesday to send it. <laughs> I might have to wait till Tuesday then if it's closed on. <laughs> on well, I don't know if they're closed or not, so I'll, I mean, I will definitely check. But yeah, I'll check too. I don't know. <laughs> I'll wrap yours today, so I, I don't go out. And then, yeah, I need a box as well. I'm get, I'm putting it in a bag, I think, because it, it can go in a bag. But uh, once you get it, let me know, and then I will send you the video that I did, which I have to edit today. Okay. Um, and I'm forcing you to react to it on YouTube <laughs> because I worked on okay, it. Okay, <laughs> well, I am forcing you to open yours on the podcast on Sunday, next Sunday, because reasons. Okay. So, reasons. we got it. <laughs> okay. We're doing a whole thing. Wonderful. Yes. Okay. I mean, I hope I worked on the video. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it today, so I'm assuming I would. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I spent the last couple days putting that together. So it's that that's been the only thing really that's happened this week is that I've been working on that. So, um, what else? What else happened this week other than that? Uh, I don't think anything else happened this week. Not that I know of. I'm gonna have a very busy week next week because I've changed the direction of my channel. Oh. Uh, I'm not, you may have been, like, yeeted off my Patreon, so I do apologize, uh, because I had to change my tears, but I am doing K-pop now, because I was like, I know K-pop. I think, I think that's a good direction for me, because I, I know K-pop very mm -hmm. well, and there's also so much content coming out of K-pop, there's a lot to react to, so, 
that's what I'm doing now. My YouTube is going to be mainly for like music reactions and maybe a couple other things depending. And then my Patreon will be for like shows, including BLs. I'm starting Cooking Crush. Oh, nice. <laughs> I still haven't seen that. Yay. I'm very excited. It's on like episode seven today, I think. Yeah. So I have a few episodes to watch, but I'll, it'll be for like BLs. I'll have drama, K-dramas on there and variety shows and things like that. So check out my YouTube, everyone. Nice. <laughs> I'll be doing K-pop. Um... So hopefully that goes well. So my week is literally like, yeah, my mom's not going to see me next week. I'm going to be up here filming all week. <laughs> all week. It's like, I'm looking at my calendar and it's just red everywhere. That's what I'm doing. So yeah, that's basically what my week has been like. Other than that, I don't think anything's happened this week. So Oh, oh, I saw Mean Girls the other day. Oh, how was that? Oh my gosh, so much fun. I love the Broadway musical more because I saw it in person, so obviously I love it more. Um, but it was still really fun to watch and Renee Rapp is really attractive. Mm. Um, so great times were had by all. Uh, yeah, go see Mean Girls, everyone. Nice. Very fun. Very fun musical twist on the original. Um, and if you like the Broadway musical, yeah, go see it. It's very fun. Nice. Anyway, how was your week? Um, <laughs> fine, I guess. I'm trying to think what happened this week. I built my chair finally. <gasps> yeah, so that's good. Um, I I think it's left squeaky, so hopefully that won't be heard when I record stuff. That's good. Um, what else happened? I mean, did your gifts and stuff? I had issues with my lock on my garage door, but I think that's fixed now. You're making a face. Okay, I'm recording again through the right microphone. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Sorry if I sounded like shit, everyone. My yeah, we had some wrong. technical issues. So. <laughs> I think we got that sorted out now. I was like, why is my, why are the levels looking like that? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Now they look good. <laughs> good. Okay. Um. Anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah. What was I, I honestly think that was my week. I'm, I feel like more happened. I know. I feel like more happened, but I don't remember. For what was. some reason, I cannot think of it. Like, I mean, it was just like super work stuff. Sense8, episode four. What's going on? I've got my beautiful list here. Get nice. <laughs> We begin the episode with Wolfgang, finally, because we didn't get him last episode. Mm. So, Wolfgang and Felix are at the Garden of Exile, which is like a um, Holocaust kind of memorial uh, area. Mm -hmm. And Felix is talking about, like, obedience and creating a better society. And Felix believes that obedience glues society and not resistance. And Wolfgang's like, the fuck are you on about? And Felix says he's talking about their revolution. Like, our revolution, we've stolen the diamonds. We're gonna, we're gonna be bigger and everything. And Wolfgang's like, look, I don't need, like, a large reputation or anything. We just stole some rocks. Like, it's not that big a deal. And Felix is like, no. These diamonds are gonna change our lives. And it really showcases how, like, different they are. Felix is always looking, like, at the big picture. He's looking at big dreams. He's very idealistic. And Wolfgang is a very simple person. He's just like... Mm -hmm. I mean, punch people, steal things, open safes. I really don't care, like, about yeah. being, like, living big or anything. But I think that's what makes them good friends. There's a good balance there. And uh, so the merchant arrives. And the, the guy who's supposed to be buying their diamonds. Mm -hmm. And Felix is like, why, why are we here? There's a bigger and better memorial somewhere else. And he's like, yeah, this place smells better. The other one smells like piss. <laughs> And he states that whenever he has a difficult decision to make, this place kind of brings clarity to any decision. And it's because he thinks about his mother. 
And they're like, oh, was your mother in the Holocaust? And he said, no, no, no. She she left. She ran away with an Englishman uh, against her parents' wishes and ended up, you know, surviving that. But when she came back, her parents were nowhere to be found, assuming that, you know, yeah. they died in the Holocaust. And he says that he's kind of interested in the diamonds, but he wa- wants to see him first. So Wolfgang's about to bring him out, but he stops him and he says, any talk of money seems unimportant here which i love that quote so because you know deeply like this is the holocaust memorial like don't don't talk about business here <laughs> like mm. it feels wrong so after that we move to kala and they're talking about their wedding kala rajan and their parents specifically their dads are talking to the wedding planners about the wedding and they're saying that you know they're interested in making them happy but there seems to be a small problem with the whole ceremony and everything and rajan's like oh that's that's probably my fault because he wanted to add an exchange of rings. Yeah. And that's not usually a thing in traditional Hindu weddings. They don't involve rings. Mm-hmm. And his father says, this is like the first indication we get that Rajan's family has different beliefs than Kala's. He says that they're trying to start them on a path to the 21st century, not the 16th. And so they're like, okay, look, um, if with this added, the ceremony is going to be about six hours. Which is quite long for a I wedding. I was like, how, how did exchanging rings and maybe vowed or something, I think that takes like about maybe like a minute or two. How does it add to six hours? <laughs> True. But let's see. I'm actually curious. So let me Google this real quick. How long a Hindu wedding ceremony is? Because okay. I don't know much about Hindu wedding ceremonies. No, me neither. Between one and a half to two hours. So at most Which... it would be like, what? How? So how where does he get six hours from? That's a, that's a very good point. But let's see, after the first two days of wedding events, because I believe it goes through a couple days, mm-hmm. the third day is reserved for the Hindu wedding ceremony. The ceremony, which is typically held in the morning, can last anywhere between one and a half to two hours, and then begins the reception. So interesting. Um, Was he just exaggerating to make a point to be like, "Hey, we can't do this." Uh, no, I don't think he's exaggerating. I think it really is six hours. <laughs> okay. But uh, he said, yeah, he said that the the guy who's performing the ceremony says, you know, I'll perform a shorter one for more money. So I think that's what's going on. It's like to get more mm. money and make it shorter. And he's like, okay. The dad's like, okay. Like, how much to not perform it at all? And he was like, um, you couldn't afford it. And it's like, Okay, I think he could afford it because they're pretty rich. But also, yeah. maybe it's really that expensive that, <laughs> that he really can't afford it. Um, so he cuts them off and says, look, I want rings for us because I want to show my commitment. Men in, men in India don't wear wedding rings. And I want to show the whole world. I want the whole world to know that I'm bound to this woman. Fucking love Raja. <laughs> like, I I really, I like I like this moment, this scene where he wants to like, kind of incorporate, like, both kind of sides of it into the wedding. Yeah. With, like, the Hindu background, but also, like, the traditional ring stuff. Like, I like that he's kind of, like, kind of, like, morph it together and, like, do all of it. Because, like, it shows, like, um, the coming together of, like, both families and both sides. And, like, it's really good. I really liked it. Yeah. I just wish she loved him because, like, this would be great. (laughs) I know, because, like, that's, I love that, because obviously you can tell that his father's kind of like, oh, I don't like the whole, you know, Hindu wedding ceremony thing, this is, like, 
old, like we're looking for it to be 21st century kind of modern mm. wedding ceremony. But Rajan knows that that's important to Kala. And so he wants to incorporate her beliefs as well as his family's. Yeah. And, and he also wants to show the whole world, like, look, I'm married. I love this woman. So leave me alone kind of thing. Like, yeah. and I, I love that. Rajan's just like a class person. He's he just is. amazing. He's great. I love him. I wish she loved him. Poor, poor Rajan. <laughs> He's gonna get, I mean, um, maybe he'll end up with um her friend who is like super into him. Maybe, maybe you never know. You never know where the world can take you. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for because she seems very into him. I know. And yeah, she he, does. He, and he deserves someone who's into him. <laughs> she does seem very into him. I know what happens with with him in the end, and I, for one, can't wait to get there if we do season oh, right. two. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> um. And I think, yeah, I think you're going to be like, wow. Okay, so we'll get there. Um, but that's at the end of season two. So we're very far away from that. Uh, okay. And then we move on to Sun. Interesting things happening with Sun this episode. Mm. Sun is looking in the mirror. She's applying some makeup because she's got bruises all over her face from the fight yesterday. Yeah. From the kickassery. And she's thinking about, once again, when she was young. She That moment when she's talking to her mother. Pretty much right before she dies is what I'm assuming. A couple days, maybe. Yeah. And she hands her medal to her mother. She's showing her. She's like, look, I I, I, I won the fight. I did so well. And her mother, mother, who seems to be amazing, is complimenting her, saying, you're so strong. You're so smart. I love having a daughter like you. And she asks her if that's the reason her father hates her. Like, she feels that. And her mother is like, no, your, fa- your father doesn't hate you. It's just... Uh, yeah it's it's hard to know because he never shows up to her fights and he always goes to her brother's matches but never to hers and she says don't be jealous because fathers are naturally closer to their sons and mothers are closer to their daughters i feel like normally it's the other way around yeah but that might be cultural like i think maybe yeah. yeah, I think maybe in, like, Korea or, like, countries like this, maybe it is that the fathers are closer to their sons and mothers to their daughters. Yeah. But definitely, from experiences here, it seems to definitely be the other way around. Yeah, like, where, like, the fathers are more, like, into like toward, closer to their daughter than the mother, they're closer to their sons, and, like, kind of like the... Yeah. I mean, mainly that's more for, like, when they don't want to, like, let them go, really. Yeah, quite when possibly, they, like, because... Adventure. But, like, it could be the other way around, because I'm... I, I was definitely picking up some, like, either cultural or maybe some, like, little sexist vibes going on in yeah. that situation. That definitely adds to it. The whole, so, like, yeah. sexism, sexism is sexism is different in other countries. So, like, it shows up differently and it's also more extreme in other countries. So, it that definitely plays a role in it. I mean, my mom would always, always would say, like, mothers are like fathers love their daughters but mothers are in love with their sons like it's very hard for them to like let them go Mm. and you know get married and just leave and things like that so it's very much like that here at least for certain families but i do think that the sexism in other countries definitely leans towards you know the opposite yeah and once again we have the memory of her mother saying take care of your brother if i pass away so Mm. you can really see like episode after episode this specific moment stays with sun throughout all her decisions this is like where she bases a lot of her family decisions yeah and i can see you shaking your head <laughs> i don't like what happens but i i, I see where it comes from but i don't like oh, it. trust me neither do i neither do i like her brother's a fucking dick um 
we will we will even get further about how her brother's a fucking dick but like i, I see i wouldn't call him a dick but i mean i'll, I'll talk more about it later on well, how about how i feel about him oh don't worry like it, it, bigger things will happen with him and okay, more things will happen with him and then you'll be like oh my fucking god so we'll get there but yeah you can start to see in this one the beginnings of him being like not the best yeah so back with Wolfgang, there with the merchant in the. Apologies to any German friends if I get this wrong, Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm Zentrum Library. I could have fucked that entire thing up. You could have just said library, and I would have bought it. They're in the library. There we go. <laughs> They're in the library, and the merchant's talking about books and diamonds and saying that just like these, just like these diamonds, just like these books. We have a the secret of our past is hidden in inside of us. Like we are only here because the past happened, kind of thing. And we mm-hmm. we need to remember that. We need to grow from that. And Felix asks the merchant if he thinks about the past a lot, and he replies that without the past, there would be nothing to think about, which is very true. You're only here to think because the past happened. And Felix is like deep, very deep. <laughs> I love Felix. Um, and so after examining the diamonds, the merchant admits that they weren't lying. He's like, okay, yeah, these are pretty good. They're they're very real. And he also says that they come they come from Mumbai, which we know someone who's in Mumbai right now. Ah, <laughs> ironic. That's a fun little quest um coincidence. I don't think anything comes from the diamonds coming from there, but it's a fun little coincidence. Maybe it's more the meant to be thing between them. Yeah, it's a very meant to be kind of like, ooh, how about that? <laughs> they're connected. Um, even like without the sensei part, they're yeah. connected. Very cool. And he says that, look, these diamonds look very valuable, which means that they're not easy to move unless they're recut. And if they're recut, it lessens their value. And Wolfgang's about to grab the diamonds. He's like, look, let's just go then, because we we don't want to half-ass this. And he's like, look, look, wait. I said it would be difficult, but I didn't say it would be impossible. Mm. So seems like he's going to try and move them. And he was originally going to buy a third of them, but Wolfgang's like, you're going to buy half. Because you're right, I was listening to all your bullshit, and that's exactly what your mother would do. Yeah. So he was like, alright, fuck it, yeah. So he buys half the diamonds to attempt to move them without recutting them. Now moving on to Cassius. Uh, He's in his house, his mother's like, ironing clothes, she's doing some work, and She's kind of like putting herself down because she she knows that he would be successful without her, or she thinks that at the very least. Mm. And I feel really bad for her because like I love her so. She's such a sweet person, and she has this mentality of if I if I wasn't such a bad person, I would stop taking my medicine or let you live your life because you're worried so much about money just so you can get me my medicine and you could be you could be doing so well, you could be rich yeah. without me. And he's like, like mm. she, she feels like a burden. Exactly, she feels like a burden to him. And he's he's a sweetheart, so he's obviously like, mm, stop that talk right now, because you are my life. You're my mother. And we came to Nairobi to be happy, healthy, and rich. And without you, my clothes would be burned up, and I would not know how to properly do anything. <laughs> Seems that his mother does all that. And he he just, he really loves his mom. And I just, I love him so much. He's such a positive light, and he really does get that from his mom, so... Yeah, I, I see that. She has that big influence in his life, and I just, 
she needs to stay around and he definitely agrees with that <laughs> yeah and he leaves and once again we hear him say i've got a feeling that today's going to be a very good day yeah i noticed that that's why I pointed it out, because I want you to notice it whenever he says it. He says it all the time, and that's what makes me love his character, because he continuously has that positive mindset. Mm. And when he leaves the house and goes to his uh, his van, his Matatu, it's full of passengers. And Jell is, like, super happy. He's getting money from everyone. He's like, look who it is. Van Damme is here. Let's go. <laughs> so Yeah, now he has a reputation. He has a reputation now. That fight made his bus famous so everyone feels safe on it now because they've seen him kicking ass so yeah. and the woman's there with her ring too yeah so he's doing well he's doing very well for himself now his bus is famous back with wolfgang wolfgang and felix are kind of walking down the street after selling half the diamonds to this guy and felix suddenly stops he looks down he's like huh and wolfgang's like what are you doing why are you why are you stopping and he's like i'm just thinking about katrina unger which is, is apparently his former girlfriend and he's like, oh, it was the first time I had sex. It was awesome. And and he, he has this little bit of a sexist mindset, but obviously different countries, different cultures. Whatever. Yeah. But he's like, I, I remember taking her to movies and, and buying her things. And I was like, what am I doing? Because nothing's happening. And then the second they had sex, he was like, oh, it's all worth it. It's all worth it now. <laughs> all of it's yep. worth it. And then he said after that, he went out and he bought himself a new pair of shoes because he felt like a man. He needed a new pair of shoes. He's a man now. And so now he's thinking, look, we're rich now. Now we need new shoes. So it's making him think. He looked down at his shoes and it kind of reminded him of this whole thing. So yeah. they're going to go buy new shoes. <laughs> so is he comparing having sex to being rich? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, fair. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just, I'm just want to clarify. That's what he's getting yeah. at. Both make you feel like, make you feel good. I guess. I mean, it yeah. must feel good to have money. It must feel good to have sex. Yeah. <laughs> so back with Cathias. He's driving the bus. Jell is having a wonderful time. He's sticking his whole body out the window, getting hit by leaves. He's just having a wonderful time, being, having money, having passengers. Yeah. And. Suddenly they have to stop. They have to slow down because there's policemen blocking the road. He's like, oh shit, we have the papers, don't we, for our bus? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're fine, we're fine. But then when they stop them, they're like, hey, we want Van Damme. It's like, um, shit. Why? And so he has to get out, and then they escort him into the woods, which is a little... Yikes. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen there. And... They're all watching, like, what, is he coming back? And he says Van Damme always comes back. But he doesn't seem also sure either. So we don't know where Caffius is going at this point, which is a little... Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> but he could be getting killed for all we know. So so with Lito, we're in the dining room. Lito, Hernando, and Daniela are there. And Lito's talking about the horrifying experience of <laughs> meeting Joaquin. <laughs> yeah yikes and uh he's like oh no yeah the the director said he was amazing and and he, he took me out to lunch and daniel is like that doesn't really sound like something he would do i don't know lito and he's like no i'm telling you he put a knife to my throat to show me how to properly cut one and she's like oh no that sounds like something he would do yeah. <laughs> that's that seems correct um so Hernando's trying to calm him down. He's like, here's some ceviche. Have some. I just made it. And Lito's like a little too panicked, but he does stop to be like, oh, it's good. It's good. Yes. And yeah. he continues. 
and he's free, he's like, look, my set is like a very sacred space, and Hernando's like, but our home is a sacred space. He's like, okay, look, but, but, but you get my point. Like someone yeah. held a knife to my throat. He is freaking out. And meanwhile, Daniela and Hernando are just like, oh, this feature is so good. Like they're they are hitting it off. They're hitting it off very well. They seem to be getting along really well. And Lito is still panicking. So yeah. it doesn't seem like they're panicking as much as him. And he's like, no. So that's where Lito's at. <laughs> that's all we, uh, we get. I, do we get a little more of him throughout this? I don't think so. I think that's a. I think that's all we get from him. It's just to. We, we just get to see him being like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, but he'll come back next episode. And. Now with Caffius and Wolfgang as well. Wolfgang is um out buying shoes with Felix. And he, the, Felix is having a wonderful time. He's freaking out. He's like, new shoes, new color. Like I, I want I wanna look different. I wanna I wanna feel different. Yeah. Wolfgang's like, I want these. And he's like, those are very you. You know, you need to change it up. He's like, why? Like these these shoes suit me just fine. I don't need other shoes. <laughs> I just like a new pair of the same shoes. It's definitely, once again, shows his simplicity to Felix's big, like, dream kind of mentality. And he puts his foot in to try on the shoe. And he's like, what the fuck? He pulls it out and there's dirt and and grass on it. He's like, what the hell? (laughs) And it turns out that that, he's feeling the dirt from Caffey's shoes as he's brought to this car in the woods. Mm -hmm. Which is a fun little connection moment. But we'll see that in a moment, because first we return to Kala. Kala is walking to temple to pray. Um, she prays to Ganesha. And she, on her way there, she sees posters depicting Rajan and his father, Menendra. And he, she's like, what? what is this? And the man is telling her, look, if Rajan and Menendra have their ways, then you won't ever be able to pray at this temple again. She's like, what are you what are you talking about? Because she has no idea what this is. She yeah. she hasn't heard this from Rajan at all. And it turns out that Manendra is putting pockets. Or put What? Let me start that. Let me start that sentence. Okay. Yeah. Go on. Manendra, it turns out Manendra is putting money in the pockets of politicians who would outlaw temples and the practicing of religion in India because he doesn't feel that that's like a way forward in the 21st century. Yeah. He feels like that's a thing of the past, which, in my opinion, is dumb. Like, if people want to have a religion, if people want to practice a religion, you should let them. You shouldn't outlaw it, you know? Yeah, I I kind of see what his, like, mindset is about trying to, like, move forward in life and, like, to the 21st century and all that. But completely outlawing a entire religion is not the way to do it. Mm. And I'm almost positive and hoping that Rajan has no idea about this and that this mm. is mainly just his father pulling the strings. His father, it seems to be like a big thing in his father's life because he's already brought it up once already. Yeah. About, the, in terms of their wedding. And we didn't see Rajan bring it up that much aside from wanting to wear rings, which was a positive thing. So hopefully Rajan doesn't really have much to do with this. It's just his father and they're kind of connecting. Yeah. Those two. But uh, yeah, we we apparently we're start. We're, this is where we start to learn. Look, they're they're trying to kind of like outlaw a lot of our you know practices and things like that. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. That doesn't sound right to me. And he hands a poster to Kala, and it's kind of like telling her all this about how 
they're using the money from the pharmaceutical company. They're giving it to these politicians who want also want to outlaw religion. And he tells her, look, look, you can come and pray with us. We're praying for their deaths every day, which is yikes. And <laughs> yeah. um, hopefully you can pray to your God as well to destroy them before they destroy us. And she's like, mm, no. She's like the the I'm pre- she's like the god I prayed to. Look, I'm not praying for any death, you know. Uh, yeah. So it's a little yikes that they do want to pray for their deaths, but I do see the basis of where they're coming from. Of we don't want our religion to be taken away. I get now. I mean, we've kind of talked about it before. I'm not super religious and anything like that, so this Me might either. not be my area to speak. But I feel like if you ever pray for someone's death. Um, that's not good you, you might be going about this the wrong way maybe instead yeah. pray they change their mindset change exactly. they'll change their ways or stop what they're doing that's bad stuff like that if you pray for someone to die i don't know who you're praying to but odds are it's satan so <laughs> maybe you shouldn't do that because <laughs> i feel like satan's the only one who will deliver that no one else i don't think would no so. no god i don't think like i i'm not religious either but in my opinion, if you're praying to a god, like I would pr- I would personally pray to a god that is not violent, is not um, you know, praying for, you know, going to going to kill people. So like it in my opinion, like yeah, if I was going to pray to a god, I would be like, "Hey, pray that these people change their ways. Pray that yeah. they see the light and kind of let us go on with our you know thing even if they don't but i would not pray for death so already Mm. like these people yes they have their religion but it's very much like please don't don't pray for death like i feel like that's something you shouldn't be praying for yeah (laughs) but pray for good things you know pray for happiness um so that's a bit of a yikes that she's kind of found out this information now that she's going to pray so that's something she's going to possibly have to deal with back with cassius he the the door opens and he sees Silas Kabaka. This is where we meet Silas Kabaka, and the fact that um um I don't know one he's in the woods, which is already strike number one on Silas Kabaka, yeah, or at least questionable thing number one. <laughs> yeah. So he's meeting him in the woods, and we'll move on to question two. Is when or not question two? Uh, sign number two that he's babied at the best is he says he worked with the gang superpower or the the superpower gang worked under him for a bit but mm. then they kind of broke ranks and went off and did their own thing so the fact that he worked with the gang is also strike number two on how good of a person silas kabaka might be <laughs> also not great uh and then he says he look he saw his like fight and everything it's like you did me a favor beating all these people up because i didn't they broke ranks i didn't like them and so he says look how about you come and work for me? Because I can change your life. At first, Caffius refuses. Refuses. He's like, no, I'm not trying to, you know, do any illegal shit. Uh, I, that's not my thing. Mm. And Silas tries to persuade him. He's like, look, I know your mother is sick. I know you don't need this, but your mother does. He's appealing to the, to the mama's yeah. boy of, of him, which is like his big thing. The most important thing to him is his mother. So he's appealing to that. And he says, look, I have the suitcase here full of the medicine you need, the real stuff. And if you take this bag to this address, it's yours. No questions asked. And so he's like, okay, for the medicine, I'll do that. 
So if he protects the bag and brings it to the address, then he gives him the medicine. Which we will see more about the bag in the next one. I will okay. say that now. But that's now Caffius is kind of like at least doing one thing, not necessarily working with, but at least doing one thing for Silas Kabaka. So. Yeah. What are your opinions so far on Silas Kabaka? I mean, I don't think he's up to really any good. <laughs> yeah. But I kind of have to respect him in a way because he knows how mm. to work, how to work him with the whole like, oh, your mother's sick. I know that. Here's some medicine that can help her. Like, he mm. he's very manipulative, manipulative, manipulative in that you way. Can do it. There you go. <laughs> um, which I. I, I do kind of respect, like, I'm like, he, he clearly did his research, he knows what he's doing, and he knows how to work yeah. people, and I don't like where this is going, but mm-hmm. I kind of respect him for how he's doing it. I see that, yeah. And moving forward, Silas Kabaka is very much an interesting gray area I'll be excited to kind of discuss with you, Ooh. because there are many things he does that are, like, are kind of positive in a way, and ones that are definitely negative in a way so he's a very big gray area that it'll be an interesting discussion for that going forward on whether he's good or bad you know yeah it's very much that thought of um nobody's all good and nobody's all bad kind of kind of way. yeah which i i do like and i I'll, i i do tend to like like more like gray characters yeah more like exactly good but evil either so it's kind of i'm excited to see where he goes if he just fits in that ballpark yeah, that'll be fun to talk about. Moving on to Sun. Oh, I love her mm. so much. Um, she's sitting in the dark in her father's office smoking. And so when he enters, she's just like sitting there looking so fucking cool. <laughs> and he's just like, what are you doing here? Sitting in the dark, you know, just smoking. I hate it when you smoke. And so she just continues. <laughs> yeah. Queen. And... She mentions that, um, look, I know you've been avoiding me. Uh, and he's like, well, yeah, you fucking scared my uh, my poor assistant the other day by slamming your fist into her desk. And she's Fair, like, well, yeah. you, you weren't answering my calls. She left a message. So I left a message. Easy peasy. Um, and she answers that, look, I, I, I needed to get your attention. And... He's like, hey, what what in the world could you possibly need? And it's like, look, the auditors know that something is going on. Mm. And it's way too late to turn that around. And she says that someone has been deliberately devaluing pharmaceutical stock in order to move money from one account into another one, which evidently is embezzlement. I don't know much about money. But now I kind of know more about what embezzlement means. <laughs> I mean, if I know embezzlement is if you end up stealing money from the company, that is embezzlement. Yeah. So this is basically embezzlement. And her father's like, like before she says that, she's, he's like, look, this kind of transaction happens every day, you know? Uh, and it's just a thing in the company. And she's like, maybe, but this particular one is embezzlement and someone's going to jail for it. Mm. Who? We don't know yet until a little later on in the episode. Yeah. But it's already pretty bad that someone is stealing money from the company. A lot of money from the company. Yeah. And now we kind of know what the red folder is. Like, th- this This is what she was worried about. Mm-hmm. Now we move on to Wolfgang. Back to Wolfgang. Him and Felix are in a really nice restaurant. Felix is 
living the life. He's like, give us the most expensive wine you have. And he's like, oh, well, we have this. He's like, ah, is it the most expensive? Yes, it is. And he's like, cool, then we'll have it. So Felix, again, living his dream. And he raises his glass, but suddenly Wolfgang can't. He looks down and he's trapped to the chair. Yeah. He's got the the uh, hospital like lockdown things, yeah. top things on him. And so it crossed over a bit with Nomi there. And suddenly, boom, they're gone. He's like, that was weird. Okay, raise the glass. We're rich. Wonderful. But that makes us pass right back on over to Nomi, who is laying in the bed, cuffed to the bed. Yeah. And Dr. Metzger is talking about her illness and how it's worsening every day. And her hallucinations will be getting worse. And she's like, look, um, I, I, this is kind of ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you shouldn't be keeping me here. And Metzger says, look, also, I'm pretty sure you know who started the fire the other day. And she said, no, 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 no. I have no idea. No clue. <laughs> and he says, whoever they are, they're not helping you. And Nomi's like, look, the word helping doesn't mean tying someone to a bed and chopping their brains up. <laughs> yeah. Don't know what you think it means, but that's not what it means. And he says, okay, you know, I was going to wait a little for your surgery, but it seems that you're having a really tough time lately. So I'm scheduling it for pretty much now. So we're going to prep for surgery and get this going. So obviously the clock is now ticking for Nomi. Yeah. This close, this close to a, there's not much time left. She she's yeah. gonna get her brain's gonna get chopped up. She got she got to get out of there. <laughs> and also because because she uh, has so little time left, it seems like it could be a bit more difficult for Amanita to know that because I'm wondering she probably got her information from her friend that works in the hospital mm -hmm. of like when certain people's surgery are, and so if they're prepping her for surgery now and getting her in there immediately, what if her friend doesn't know about it unless yeah. they don't tell Amanita? So it's it's dire. It's looking bad. <laughs> yeah. So back kind of like with a duo kind of thing here, we see Sun first. Uh, her car pulls up to this club. She opens the car door and she comes to the bouncer, who, by the way, I wanted to mention, is actually a really famous Korean actor. All the people in this, I think, section are famous Korean actors, but I actually know this one. Oh. Um, he was in Train to Busan, which I haven't seen the full movie of. I've just seen reactions. I I've heard of that, yeah. Mm, but I need, to I need to actually watch the movie. And uh, he was in the Marvel movie The Eternals. He was one of Ooh. the Eternals. So hmm. that's cool. Um, so I actually know him. I saw him. I was like, hey, I know you. <laughs> so uh, so she walks up to this bouncer. And he's like, look, you can't enter the club. Um, especially if you have clothes on. <laughs> he said, only naked chicks here. Um, evidently, it's that kind of club. Yeah. And so she kicks his ass a bit and uh, enters the club. And while she's walking through the club, we see Will walking through this um, kind of FBI police kind of like station area. Mm. And when Sun's trying to find Junki, she feels like a gun placed on her head and Will feels it too. So he turns around, kicks ass for her. So she's good. Uh, I mean, she could kick his ass too, but yeah. um, it's nice to have the help. And um, she keeps walking and the policeman is like, yo, you good? Because <laughs> you kind of turned around pretty suddenly there. He's like, yep. Yeah. I'm okay. And it seems that he's a bit more, like, natural at it about being like, yeah, I'm totally fine. So, like, he's getting more used to, like, kind of sharing and visiting with people. 
Yeah, well, he, he knows the most right now, so I think that's why he he's kind of like accept it and be like, okay, this is a thing. I'm just gonna play it cool, let no one else know. Yes, exactly. He's he definitely knows the most out of all of them, and he knows more this episode as well, which we'll get to. Yeah. And so Sun continues to walk through the club, and she gets to a room where Junki is, her brother, and she's like, "Hey, father needs to see you. Let's go." And he's like no i'll talk to him tomorrow and he's like he's trying to make out with this girl and she's yeah. like for the love of god no you're coming with me and he kind of gets a little pissed as he like shoves this poor girl off the chair <laughs> this poor girl yeah he, 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 her brother sucks and this is kind of the first time we see that he kind of sucks like before we only saw like a very small snippet of him going like oh get us some coffee while he like leaves which wasn't like the best yeah but we didn't really see a full like personality of him this is where we see a little more of personality drunk personality but personality nonetheless back with will who we saw a second ago but this is where we see where he fully is we learn that he's kind of in this detention center mm -hmm. uh where they're holding jonas and it seems that he's going to get uh, a family friend favor uh, to try and talk to him. That's what he's trying to do. And he meets with Lieutenant Duncan. And because he was hanging out with Sun for a second there, he goes into the Korean. <laughs> yeah, I know. <noticed laughs> so I was like, oh, shit. Which, by the way, I understood him a little bit. Like, I could tell he was speaking Korean. This family friend of his, I could not tell a single word he was saying. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure he did his best <laughs> but i i was like what i i rewound it a couple times to be like what what is he saying um i mean it says what he's saying underneath but yeah. i didn't really understand maybe because it's curse words and i don't really know curse words but also like let's see yeah so he's apparently he also speaks korean because um Sun's he up. yeah so well so, no so, i mean the family friend oh, um, oh yeah he speaks korean because he learned hapkido or something he was a black belt in hapkido um <clears throat> and his sensei had a pretty foul mouth so which is why he knows all the curse words mm. and he asks will about his dad he's like hey how's your dad because he he was a legend in the precincts and everything and then he corrects himself there he's like i'm sorry is a legend yeah because it, it seems like everyone like knows that his father's like not doing the best and it's almost like they sometimes treat him like he's dead which he's definitely not but a part of him is, as Will said before. Yeah. So, and he asks Will, look, why are you here? Um, it's good to see you, but what, what are you doing here? And Will asks him if he could talk to Jonas for a second, for just for five minutes. Um, family favor. And he says, no. Like, does this place look like a place that gives a shit about personal favors? No. Yeah. Like, there's protocol. You can't just talk to a terrorist. So, yeah. He leaves, and he tells Will to leave and it seems that we're we, we got fucked in this area like we're not talking to jonas but then as he's looking out the window jonas pops up jonas visits and he's like oh good i came to talk to you i was trying to talk to you and jonas explains to will he kind of tells him more about what this is it's called visiting which mm -hmm. i told you in the last one the vocab word um and he says we can do it because we've made visual contact eye to eye which is also what I told you in the last yeah. one. Yeah. They can speak because they've made visual contact and that's kind of what lets them visit each other and see where each other are, talk to each other, things like that. And Will's like, this doesn't make any sense. And Jones tells him, look, you just spoke Korean. <laughs> He's like, I don't know Korean. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's like, no, you do, because reasons, visiting, things like that. But you'll get it as time goes on. Mm-hmm. And just when they're starting to talk a bit more, a policeman comes over, kind of cuts the connection, and tells Will to come with him. So Will has to leave. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and take a break here. And when we come back, we'll talk about exactly what Junkie's been doing with Sun and his family's company. Yeah. And uh, learn about how bad that is going to be for him, maybe. Depending on Sun's reaction to all this. So we will yeah. we will be right back. And we are back with Sense 8, episode four. What's going on? Yeah. We start off this second part with Sun. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, this is a thing. <laughs> um, so Junki's like going off and he's like oh you should have seen son she was being such a bitch she was embarrassing me and his dad's not having it he immediately cuts in and yells shut up Mm. it's like do you have any idea what you've done and he's like what are you even talking about he's like you've been stealing from my clients you've been stealing a lot from my clients and he said look i i'm sure it's fine he's like no tomorrow authority authorities are going to complicate Tomorrow, authorities are going to confiscate our records, They're, and we're going to be on every news channel. The company is ruined. I've built this thing for the past 40 years, and you've destroyed it. And he's like, look, it's not my fault. You're the one who told me to bend the rules. And it's yeah. like, bend them. Bend them, not break them. There's a difference. There's a difference. Obviously, you shouldn't be bending them either, but like breaking them like that is like way worse, obviously. Mm. And... He's like, look, look, I don't want to go to prison. Like, you got to do something. I don't want to go to prison. He's like, about to cry, being a little bitch. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's basically a little bitch. And he's like, I can't look at what you've become. He said, even now you don't know how to act like a man, which is like, oh, damn. And he said, I'm, I've failed as a father. I failed you because I spoiled you so much. And true. he says that, very true, honestly, agreed. And he says his dead wife was the only one capable of raising the only person seeing a solution out of this. It's mm. like, oh no, what's the solution? And she's son pops in. She says, since our father rarely mentions that he has a daughter, I can confess to his crimes, to Junkie's crimes, and hopefully the company survives the scandal. Which is, she shouldn't have to do that. But those. again, I hate it too. But again, this is very much her mother's influence of take care of your brother. She's doing this to take care of him, even though he doesn't deserve it. She's protecting him right now, even though she shouldn't have to. Going to prison for him is no. So Junkie's on his knees now. He's like, please help me, son. Please help. He's such. He's such a bitch. (laughs) Oh, I. So I'm like. I hate that she's doing this because one, she shouldn't have to. He should fucking take the fall himself. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like, as an older sibling, like as the oldest, I'm trying to think of it in that stance too. Exactly. Where it makes it a bit more complicated. Where I'm kind of like, I, I mean, I kind of get it, but I kind of get it too as an older sibling. Like, it, so it's kind of like that awkward, like middle groundish. But yeah. Yeah. It's very much like, I understand why she's doing it, but she shouldn't have to do it. Yeah. Because she didn't commit any crime. She was the only person who was, like, being so, like, with the rules. She was the CFO. She was very specific with the money. She would not do that. 
She, yeah. I don't think she ever stole from the company. But her brother, the little bitch he is, found mm. a way to do that. And so he should go to prison. But she, again, is thinking of her mother saying, take care of him. Also, it's the way he wants her to do it. He fully does. Like, he literally starts crying and begging her to do it like a little pussy he is. And then he fucking, like... And then he's like, please do it. Like, I feel like, no, you should, like, I I was hoping he'd have be like, no, you shouldn't have to take the fall from me or whatever. And then she kind of, like, insists and then maybe be, like, give a little pushback to it. But, like, the fact that he so was so willing to be like, yes, you can go to prison for me. Thank I'm like, what a fucking yeah. little pussy ass bitch. Fucking piece of dick. He really is. Like, he honestly, he, he didn't even think about, like, no, you shouldn't have to do that for me. Not even a word of that. Oh, Just like, yeah, know. please. Please go to prison for me. Please. <laughs> Immediate. Like, I, oh, this, I fucking hate him. <laughs> Moving on from Sun, we are with Will, who gets in his car and uh, he's trying to contact Jonas. He's like, come on, come on, come on. He's like really trying in his head and it's not really working. But then Jonas pops up, but he's like, I, I visited you. This, Yours was doing nothing. <laughs> he said, visiting requires him not to not to make it happen, but to let it happen. And once you understand the difference, you'll be able to do it more. But he hopes he will, you know, figure it out quicker than Jonas did in his past. Yeah. Because, because things are happening. Um, yeah, he, he needs to learn that now. Get into gear. And visiting uh visiting Jonas, because he's now he can now pop into his his cell once he figures it out a little bit more. Uh, he's talking about the other sensei ability, which he needs to know more about now, which is sharing. There's a difference between visiting and sharing. Sharing is only accessible to members of a cluster. So him and Jonas cannot share. He yeah. can't access Jonas's skills and Jonas can't access his. But it's accessing each other's skill, knowledge, and language. So you can access whatever your your cluster knows, really. And... He I, he also asked what a cluster is because honestly Will knows nothing at this point except for the things that Jonas is telling him. Yeah. And Jonas now says that he has seven other selves, so there's seven other people around the world that he can access and kind of talk to. If he doesn't hurry though, it'll only be six. Which I love that quote. It's really interesting. It's like if you don't hurry, there's only going to be six other selves with yeah. you. Yeah. Because one of you is about to be destroyed. Nomi Marks is in San Francisco and you need to save her. And then he's gone. He gets taken mm. by a bunch of guards that walk into his room and suddenly he's not with Jonas anymore. So yeah. all he really knows right now is, look, someone's in danger. You got to help them. They're all the way in San Francisco. So you got to help them by popping in. Like you can't, you got to learn, got to learn this now because yeah, she's, she's in imminent danger. <laughs> and then we pop over to Nomi who is in danger still. <laughs> obviously. And she sees the nurse come in. She's prepping her for surgery. Nomi is begging her, pleading for her to stop. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. But then she, oh, she says this quote that's like, ow. It's like, how did she not respond to that? Is, you're murdering me. Mm. Like, how do you say that to someone and they just go, don't say that. Like, <laughs> no, we're helping you. Like, no, you're murdering me. You're literally, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be gone in a second. And this nurse does not care. I think she's been like through it enough and conditioned enough where she doesn't really feel like she's murdering anyone. I also think it's like her job. Like it's I mean, her job. She, whether she likes to do it or not, it is her job and she needs to like get it done. Like that's kind of just like a 
Yeah. Like, it is, like, it sucks, but, like, whether she cared or not. And also, I still think that, like, I feel like everyone, or maybe the mom or someone, is claiming that Nomi is, like, mentally ill or mentally unstable to the point where they're kind of, like, were told before just not to listen to her. Like, anything she says mm-hmm. isn't really true. She's not saying it for herself. And, like, that's mainly my theory going into this, which is why I think they're also kind of just, like, not really listening because it's, like, she, they think she's talking crazy at this point. Exactly. They, they they think she's she has a problem with her brain. Yeah. Um, and there isn't, but they're not listening to her because they yeah. feel like she's not mentally competent enough to say that. And Will hears her. He hears her begging them to stop. And then she kind of pops into his car as well. She visits him and is like, please help me. She's kind of like dazed, though, because they've given her some medication. Yeah. She's like, help, help me. That was creepy. Well, but I know. Help me. <laughs> so back over with Sun, she's again kind of like remembering her mother, but she, this time she's remembering her funeral. And her dad is like, look, like, uh, we both lost someone we love at this point. But also something I want to make note of is right when he walks over to talk to young Sun, uh, she quickly wipes her tears. So she's always yeah. trying to be strong for everyone. She doesn't want to seem weak in front of anyone, especially her father, who she thinks doesn't see her as strong. And even as a kid, she's like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Even though her mother just died. And we see her father kind of be a, a little caring in this scene, which we don't see very often. We didn't see him before do that. But he just lost his wife. He lost the love of his life and son lost her mother. So they're kind of equals in that moment Mm. now we go see riley who we don't see much in this episode either but we do get a little sneak peek into her life she gets a voicemail from her father and she's listening to it and he's like i want you to be the first to know they want me back on the symphony he's a pianist which we know from her um kind of remembering a memory when she heard the blind piano guy and he he seems very excited and he's like i know it's hard for you to come home but it would mean the world for me to know that you're out there in the audience listening. And that's a little, I want you to remember that little quote about, I know it's hard for you to come home because it's a little sneak peek. We get into Riley's past, which will become important because there's a big thing that happened in Riley's past that made her not want to be in uh, Iceland. Mm. Something happened to her and that's why she doesn't want to go home. And that's kind of the first ind- indication that we get that something did happen. Yeah. Everyone's, uh, we, we see kind of snippets of a few different people, but we see Wolfgang and Felix dancing in the club. They're really excited. They're now rich. And when we see, <laughs> then we kind of hop over to Kala, who's supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> and, uh, but something wakes her up. Yeah. I swear this show does not have that much sex in it. I don't Are know why sure? this is. I swear it's like the first couple episodes okay wait no because I, I say that now and then you're gonna watch the next one and be like what no wait not the next one no the one after the next one you're gonna be like that's a lie <laughs> <laughs> already I'm feeling like that's a lie the first two episodes <laughs> had one which you didn't warn me about by the way this one you I'm did sorry. so I was prepared for this one okay but the one the one last time didn't <laughs> But the next one, the next one will have something in it that's not, you know, it doesn't have to do with sex, but like you will see something. Um, but yeah, I, I, I went into this, I, I love how I went into this going, oh yeah, there, it's not 
all about sex. Because you were like, oh, I don't sh- like shows that are all about the sex. And I'm like, I swear, it's not all <laughs> It's just every once in a while happens. No, I, I yeah, no. Th- this isn't what, like, I, I, I clarify as, like, that kind of thing. Because, like, it's very, like, one, it's, like, the sex is, like, maybe, like, one scene. At very least per episode, which isn't that big of a thing. And also, mm-hmm. it's clearly more about the story and yeah. stuff, which is obviously more intriguing and yeah. more common. I think the uh, I think the reason why there's sex like so often throughout like the season and the, I think both seasons is because it's another form of human connection and this show is all about human connection. Mm. So I think it's just to like double down on the whole ah people are connected through many different types of ways kind of thing. Yeah. Uh just to subliminally subliminally put that in there even though like it happens quite a bit but it's it's about the whole big picture, I think. Which I yeah, I do definitely see. Because when I was watching it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of sex. But I was like, yeah, well, it's not about the sex. So yeah, but it isn't. So yeah, it's a double down on that. Kala is woken up by someone having a good time. <laughs> and she's yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's uh, turns out to be Bambi and Shugs, who are you know a couple feet from Riley, who's trying to sleep, which is yeah. kind of like. Kala and Riley are kind of intertwining there for a second, and um, Kala is like, "What? The, what are these people doing in my house? <laughs> Why are there people having sex in my house?" Um, but the connection ends pretty quickly because Riley decides, you know, I'm not getting any sleep, so I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah, because they're clearly busy. She gets up to find some peace and quiet, which is when we kind of connect back to Wolfgang, which we'll connect back to that in a second, but. Wolfgang is kind of like judged up on stage. He's like, go on, go do karaoke, go do karaoke, go do a song. Because everyone's drunk, everyone's having a good time, and there's karaoke. So, of course, you're going to. Hmm. You're going to sing. I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> if I do karaoke, it's in a, like, a booth. Like, with just me and, and a friend or something like that. Because I did karaoke when I went to Korea. But that's only because we got, like, a booth. Like, yeah. I... <laughs> I would never do it in front of other people because, <laughs> like, I know I can't sing, so I don't want other people to hear that. <laughs> I've never done a karaoke. You've never done karaoke? I've no. I'll, I will only do it in a booth with a friend. I can't get up on stage and do it in front of strangers. That's not a thing that's happening. Even if you were really drunk, you wouldn't do it. No, not even if I'm really because even if I'm really drunk, I would be like, "Oh, that's funny." I still know myself though, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not doing that because, like. Even if I'm drunk, the feeling of, God, everyone's going to hear me sing, will trump that. <laughs> yeah. That'll still be at the forefront of my head, so. So they get Wolfgang to go up on stage and do some karaoke, but when he's up there about to sing, he goes back to that memory of him trying yeah. to sing before, and his father that? laughing at him. Yeah. His father's laughing at him, going like, oh, like, he's frozen. That's hysterical. Dick father. Um... Mm. And, but he's, he's adamant on fucking that over this time. And he yells like, fuck you into the crowd. And where you would think like, oh no, no. Like, like people would be like weirded out by that. People would be like, why are you yelling? Fuck you at me. Everyone's like hyped up by it. It's it's kind of a cool moment. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I mean, I'm assuming they're all just drunk and they don't really care. But exactly. That's the, exactly. It's cause they're drunk. Definitely. But it's definitely that feeling of fuck. Yeah. Let's go. (laughs) So back with son, she's. This is a very interesting scene. Um, she's practicing her kickboxing. She's doing a punching bag. And she gets a text. It's from her brother. 
And he's like, oh, like, can we talk again like we used to? I love you, sis. And it's very much so, look, you didn't do this before. He was never texting her like that before. But now that she's thinking about going to prison for him, he's suddenly like, oh, I love you. Oh, uh, I'm so sorry about whatever happened in the past. Uh, Can we talk? Like, fuck you. You only want to be nice to me now that I'm thinking of going to prison for you. And you're not you're not saying don't do that. Don't go to prison for me. No, you're saying, oh, let's let's chat. I miss you. Fuck you. Yeah, (laughs) I hate this bitch so much. (laughs) And obviously she does, too, because right after reading that, she's punching the she's releasing all that anger into the punching bag. (laughs) Yeah. You can see her going a bit harder than before. That cuts into the best scene from this show. One of the best scenes from this show. There are many. But this is the one I would continuously go back to at least once a month since watching it, which was years ago. This came out in 2017. And just every year I would be like, oh, you know what I haven't seen in a while? That scene. And so I would Google it and I'd go watch it because it's just it's such a nice scene that really shows the connection that they have and how positive it is, you know, from a good light. And... Basically, Riley takes out her MP3 player and she puts on a song. She puts on uh, "What's What's Up" by the Four Non Blondes, and great song. I I I put this on like so many playlists and I listen to it all the time. And whenever I do, I just get this feeling of like freedom because of this scene. I feel so happy when I listen to it. And when she listens to it, it kind of connects to everyone else listening to it. So Wolfgang is singing it at karaoke. Kala is singing it on her roof. Lito is in bed with Danny and Hernando uh, singing it. Caffius is in his van. Will is researching Nomi while he's singing it. He's like looking yeah. at her blog and trying to figure out more about her. Nomi's uh, going into surgery as she's singing it. So she's, her time's ticking at the moment. And Sun is singing it in the shower, which is, so everybody's, everybody's singing the song together. And it's a very big moment of connection between them all. Mm. And I just, I, ugh. I just love this scene so much. It brings me so much happiness and serotonin. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I was like, you know me. So, like, watching this, I was pretty sure you knew exactly what I, I was talking I, I, about. I, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. I'm very predictable. <laughs> anything with music and anything with, like, so much happiness in it is just my kind of scene. As everyone's singing, it kind of cuts to two specific sense eights. It cuts to um, Wolfgang and Kala. They start kind of singing to each other and they're they're visiting each other which didn't happen with the other sensates in this scene mm. it's just wolfgang and kala that ended up visiting each other they're singing together both simultaneously in her room and also um in the karaoke bar so they're kind of singing together they're having a wonderful time and they seem to be like having a moment yeah they're moving closer they're staring into each other's eyes they're having a moment a very romantic moment and the, the, they're getting even closer, but then Kala's sister opens the curtains and kind of cuts everything short. She's like, what are you? You're singing in English and smiling and having a wonderful time. What are you doing? And sister's like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, like, I, I, it's like I was in a dream or something. And her sister's like, oh, were you thinking about Rajan? And she's like, uh. yeah. <laughs> not really confirming or denying, but like the smile like suggests to her sister that, yeah, she was, but she wasn't. She wasn't. She was very much thinking about someone else. Yeah. And even though she doesn't know him, she fully had a moment with him. The only time she'd seen him before was when they kind of like saw each yeah. other when she was walking down the street. And it's very much, ooh, now we get to the very big part of the episode, aside from the best scene. And that's with Will and Nomi. Yes. 
So it's time for Will to step up because Nomi's Nomi's about to about to be gone. And he wakes up from his couch, still kind of singing the song to himself. And he sees his arms are bound by handcuffs and he's got an IV in. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> Suddenly he sits up a little bit and he's in the hospital room. He's in the surgery room. And he takes over, he takes kind of control of her body in that moment and pulls the IV tube from his arm using his mouth. He's very resourceful. Yeah. Through his years of one being a cop and also one being the son of a cop. He's yeah, kind of he learned throughout his life. He knows a lot. And he uses the needle from the tube to unlock the handcuffs and gets up, gets out. Nomi's kind of half conscious as she's stumbling around. So Nomi's kind of half conscious and she's stumbling around. But Will Will wakes up in his apartment realizing he helped her escape because she kind of like went into a room. She went off to the side mm. and he sits up. He's like, oh, my God, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Look, that's kind of cool. <laughs> so he's getting a little more control about what this means and how to do it. And this is the first time we see that really happen because he was able to do it without Jonas's help. Like he he jumped in there himself and did it. Yeah. And but now Nomi's on her own. And she kind of peeks her head out the door after putting like a robe on and get, getting into some kind of outfit that doesn't look like she just got out of surgery. Kind of. Yeah. And she's getting she's getting out of there slowly because she's still a little drugged. She's walking out. And this nurse who got some information from the Dr. Metzger and the nurses that were in the surgery. It's like, oh, she's missing. So he's freaking out. So keep an eye out. And yeah. she sees someone walking away. So she's like, hey, excuse me, excuse me. And she's trying to stop her. But suddenly, out of nowhere, there's Amanita. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there she is. She must have gotten some kind of info because she's there in a nurse's outfit. Being like, it's okay. I got her. I totally got her. Helps her into a wheelchair. It's like, I told you I would I would take you for a walk. No, don't worry. And she puts her hand on her shoulder. She's like, it's okay. I've got you. We will get out of here. Just try not to make a scene. We need to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. And she's escorting her outside in the wheelchair, but the, the security card kind of jumps up and is like, whoa, whoa, hey. Uh, maybe you shouldn't be leaving. There's something weird going on here. And he's trying to stop them. But at this point, they start booking it. They start running out of there. Yeah. And some people are about to get into a taxi, but she's like, nope, nope, we need this. We need to get out of here or we're going to be goners. So yeah. she, they shove each other into a taxi and they get out of there. So Nomi is safe. She's been rescued. Yep. Amanita's with her. We're okay. <laughs> Thank God. This, this was happening for like, Three or four episodes, and she is safe. Yeah. Finally. For now. So, for now. Um, so, Nomi's kind of visits Riley in London at that moment, because Riley is still listening to the song. She's singing what's going on. And then Nomi's singing it in the taxi, and she's like, I have this song, and it's been just stuck in my head the whole time. And <laughs> she said, she's like, oh, yeah, what's up, Four Non Blondes? And she's like, that's a perfect soundtrack for a lobotomy. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I'm like, that's that's kind of true. That's actually very true. What the fuck is going on? Uh, <laughs> and she kind of has one last little visit with Riley before being in the taxi with Amanita. And as she's singing, she asks at the very end of it, she's like, what? She repeats that lyric of what is going on? Because oh. she doesn't know how she fully got out of there. There was another, there, Will was there for a second. She's now visiting Riley. She's what is going on? Because she, at this moment, could still think that she has something wrong with her brain. Yeah. That was instilled in her by Dr. Metzger. And now she's wondering, is it that? Is this some other thing that's going on? I don't know. I could genuinely be going insane and having hallucinations. Yeah. So, but I think the fact that the camera during Pride 
caught Jonas and that he's on that picture is helping a little ground her in the thing of I'm not crazy. I do too. I, I think that was confirmation where she doesn't fully believe she's crazy at this point. She might still yes. maybe a little bit, but like I think yes. she's like that proof proves that I yeah. am not fully crazy. Something is going on. Exactly. There's at least some visual proof that there's something else maybe happening. And that is where we leave the episode uh, yeah. with Nomi wondering what the fuck is going on. So, Same. Who is your MVP for this episode? I got mine. I always, I, you know what? When I do this, I should probably. I was going to say, like, down. I mean, you take all these notes and prep stuff. Why don't you just write it down at the end? I forget about it every time until we, like, stop the episode and I go, oh, yeah, MVP. Fuck. So, <laughs> I need to remember that. I'll write it down on all of my things next time. But, okay. Okay. I think I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Two. One. Well. Ah, see? Will was my other one. <laughs> yeah. It all it all had to do with the section of Nomi getting rescued, I think was the big like MVP section. Cause mm. Will and Amanita, I think, both helped out very well. And also throughout the episode, Will did good at like learning how to visit and everything yeah. after Jonas kind of taught him and he did pick it up quite quick. But I was like, I gave it to Will last episode. So <laughs> I I have for for that reason as well, like learning and visiting Jonas and like talking. I feel I think I gave it to Will. Last no, did you give it to Son? And did I give it to Son? I did. I did give it to Son. I'm sorry. No, I was gonna say clearly. <laughs> I gave it to Son. Oh fuck, you're right. It's very hard for me to pick is the problem because I'm uh, okay. I'm gonna give it to Amanita because I remember the first time I watched this. Like Will did so well throughout this episode of like popping and stuff like that, but when Amanita came in the relief that flooded through me was like unmatched. So I was like, I, I, was, I was so happy that she was there. So I have to give it to Amanita because we see like in this, it kind of like reminds us back through the last couple episodes of her, like not giving up mm. at trying to get Nomi back and being a complete ride or die. So I think I'm going to give it to Amanita. Cool. Yeah. How about you? Why do you give it to Will? Well, reason? like you said, Will not only learned a lot about the cluster and was able to have this conversation with Jonas and everything, also helping Amanita, like, not Amanita, helping Nomi get out, the yeah. whole thing. And also, like, even that one minute where, like, he's kicking ass for Sun, even though she could do it herself, he's still accepting and did it. So he's still, like, yes. really adapting to the whole, like, cluster stuff, which I really liked. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Both of them did great this episode. So. Yeah. I agree with both, even though I'm only allowed to pick one. <laughs> so... You want your grades for the last one? Sure. I forget everything, actually, so. But per usual, so. It sucks you forgot, because you got 100%. No, I didn't. You did, you got 100%. Fuck off. You did, you got 100%. How? <laughs> Mr. 100%? How? I hate to fucking say it, no, how you did... got 100%. I still haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> I'm so confused. You did, you got 100%. So, the title was what's going on, which I said I wasn't going to grade you on because it included everybody. Yeah. So, and I, I don't grade you on titles anyway, but I didn't even have you guess because it literally includes everybody. Um, the first vibe you got was Diamonds, and you said Wolfgang. Because oh, yeah. I, I had to coach you, I had to coach you to that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, you got it. definitely had some help because, <laughs> holy shit. You had some help, I but I got that. you there. Because I was like, this one, this is the easiest one. You have to get this one. Um... Then we had a horrible brother. You guessed son. You got that yeah. right. 
we had Jonas. You said Will interacted with Jonas the most, so you said Will. Mm-hmm. You got that right. Hot damn. You said I, I there were two sensei set involved, but I said I'd give you it if you could guess one of them, and you said Riley because it's um included Bambi and yeah. Shugs. So so I gave you that. And a daring escape slash rescue, you said no me and Will. So Damn. Well done. I'm shocked by that, but I'll take it. You've you've done it. You've already got a hundred percent and we're on episode fucking four. Okay, right. to be fair, <laughs> that's probably gonna be the only time I get hundred percent into the show, because Maybe not. You never know. Maybe. We'll see. I think you're doing pretty well so far. I have yet to get 100% on anything, so. (laughs) Yeah. Alright. So, time to grade you on the next episode. Episode 5 will be next week. And it's called Art is Like Religion. So, um, you can guess who says it. I won't grade you on it, but you can guess who says it. And honestly, I kind of forgot who says it. Um... (laughs) Let me just double check. Okay, I don't hear that. I don't know if it's. Um, I, I feel like it's gonna be Kala, or maybe not Kala, but I feel like it's gonna be Kala. Like it's gonna be with her. I don't know if she's gonna say it or someone else is gonna say it, but I feel like it's gonna be around her. So you said Kala. Yeah. Okay. Whether it's her or like someone saying it to her, I feel like it's gonna be around her section of the story. Okay. All right. First vibe is we've got. That time of the month. Okay. This this involves two sensates, so I will give it to you if you can guess one. Okay, so that narrowed it down to four people. Maybe. Maybe? I gotta be honest with you, this is probably one of the funniest episodes. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by maybe? There's only four. Exactly, go through it, see what you can do. <laughs> what? Okay, well now, well now, wait, hold on, well now I have a thought. Okay. This might be a crazy thought. Okay, maybe a crazy thought. Do one of the guys get their periods? Because, like, because one of the girls is getting it and they're, like, linked and it's kind of like they're feeling the things. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, so now, okay, so that doesn't narrow it down, then fuck. Um. <laughs> it's so funny. One of the funniest lines comes from this whole situation. It's like one of my, I quote it all the fucking time. <laughs> okay, um, I'm gonna, here, okay, so, so, so I will guess a girl and a guy, just to, just to see, yeah. yeah, keep it even. Okay, so for a girl, I wanna say, Riley. Okay. And then, for a guy, I feel like it'd be funny if it was Leto. Okay. I feel like Hernando would have some funny comment if he's like, oh, wow, what, are you on your period or something? And that would be funny. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. That would be funny. I feel like he's... All right. Okay. Oh, shit. What? Yeah, Go I on. feel like... Yeah. I see that. Okay. <laughs> Those are cataloged. We have the bag. The bag? The bag. What bag? Oh, what bag? Exactly. The bag. I already mentioned it. Did you? Oh, 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 um... I... I can't remember his name. The guy with sick mom. Cassius. Cassius. Yes. Cassius. We're gonna put that down. Next. Dick. Dick? Dick. Was this the episode where you where you said that we would see things, but it doesn't really have anything to do with sex? Or is that or did you say that was the episode after? No, I said it was this one. Okay, so we're gonna see a dick. 
Um, who's Dick? <laughs> We're gonna. Um, who's Dick? Um, let's see. Who's Dick? Who Who's Dick? Are we seeing this episode? Um, situation. I'm 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 hoping it's one of the sense eight because if not, I'm never gonna get it. But I'm gonna <laughs> say is. Wolfgang. It's quite funny because, like, this is a thing in the Sensei fandom, kind of. Or it was a th- slightly, ever so slightly viral thing on TikTok. Like, there's a lot of TikToks that just say, like, some people keep telling me to go to this many minutes in this episode of Sensei. And then, like, right when you hit it, it's just the dick. dick. And, so, <laughs> and, they, and it just cuts to them, like, not, it doesn't show the screen at all, but it just cuts to them going, <laughs> great TikTok. Um, and our your last one here is we have two sensates have a combo in two different languages in a bathroom. I give you the points if you guess one of the sensates, okay. but you can guess both. So for a different language, I think it narrowed it down to Kala, Sun, or um, Casios. Because I think they're the only ones who don't. Or, or wait, does Leto not? I, fuck. Never mind. Okay, maybe they narrowed it down to four. If Leto doesn't. Uh, they're all, they all live in different countries, so they all have different languages. Yeah, but some are like accents. True, but like they still have different languages. Yeah. Like, we hear it in English, remember? Yeah. Oh, fuck. Really? But. Okay. We hear it in English, but they live somewhere completely I'm, different. Okay, so that doesn't narrow down then. Um, yeah, so in the bathroom. I was going to say Kala and Wolfgang. I feel like maybe they'll like actually speak to each other this time. They, they look at each other, they sang with each other. I feel like it's time they speak. All right. All right. You have been graded. Cool. Locked and loaded. So that was Sense 8, episode 4 of season 1. What's going on? Next week we will go to episode 5, Art is Like Religion, which is so much fun, and I can't wait to talk to you about it. Great! And, <laughs> and yeah, uh, we will see you all next week for that. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye.